Greetings, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. You're listening to episode number 53 with MKW Creative Co-Client of over a year now, Kelly Horton Beeman of Faces Skin Gym. If you've been on my Instagram and you've been on her Instagram, you know that Kelly is an esthetician and she is wonderful. She's so experienced and knowledgeable and honestly such an inspiration from an entrepreneurship standpoint to be in a field with her kind of accolades for as long as she has. We had a great conversation about where she sees her brand going, as well as the industry, how it's changed, how to approach marketing. She is an absolute treat. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag-worthy brands through visual identity, design, and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice, so enjoy the episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today we have client and esthetician Kelly Horton Beeman of Faces Skin Gym. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, we've been working together for so long now, and I'm so happy to have you on the podcast finally now for season two and get to know you and your business and how you approach branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. But before we start, Kelly, why don't you tell us who you are and how you got started doing all of your esthetician practice? Sure. I, um, you know, really my journey started um, when I first moved here to San Diego. I was going to school to be a nurse. I was just kind of following in the footsteps of my mom. I, you know, just like any other uh, teenager that's coming out of high school and trying to choose a long-term career and really didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to get out of Bakersfield, which is where I grew up. And um, so I started to kind of follow in my mom's footsteps and going to nursing school, got accepted to San Diego State. And I realized that, you know, I should probably get a part-time job, maybe in the medical field, just so I kind of got my feet wet a little bit in that industry so I could kind of navigate which direction I wanted to take. And it was the Office of Faces Plus was my first job. And um, here I am 20, almost 21 years later, still working alongside Dr. Cohen. And um, that's really where it started. Um, I guess, you know, just kind of going back to my early teens, I always, I guess I didn't realize like how big of a passion I had for skincare, even in my early years. I, you know, back when I was a teenager, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have um, Pinterest, we didn't have social media. And so I spent a lot of time looking through it was 17 magazine is really what the big editorial was back then. And um, I, you know, just kind of like good and got it all the the uh, models and their skin and always wanted to have beautiful skin. And then it was my early teenage years, just like most teenagers, I started to break out once my hormones started. And it really kind of followed me into my early 20s. And it was really the office of Faces Plus where I was just Um, exposed to this whole world of aesthetics. And it is really what inspired me to be where I am today. So that's really, you know, where it started. And working along Dr. Cohen is, is 
truly, you know, been such a gift to me because he's such an innovator and a pioneer in the field. And so being in a practice where there's just constant innovation, things are changing, you know, is really, I think, what keeps me motivated in my everyday practice. And so feeling just super grateful to have that over the last 21 years. It's super impressive. I think anyone that talks about their track record with one company for that long, right. you don't hear that often anymore. You don't hear it often. No, it's like people usually change careers like three times at least in their lifetime. 2021 will be my eighth year in business. So I'll be excited when I hit the 21 year mark for sure. Um, but there's a lot that's changed, right? Like even in the last eight years in social media and marketing and brand design and my business couldn't exist without the internet, really. So I, I want to know from you, like, how how has it changed since if you could flash back to your first few years working with Faces Plus, doing, um, you know, aesthetics, doing facials for people, like, how has it transformed from then to now in 20 years? I mean, just like any industry, I guess, innovation and technology, like you said, is evolved from a treatment standpoint. You know, there were really only a few treatments that we were offering in the treatment room. It was a chemical peel and microdermabrasion. I mean, those were really the only treatments that we offered back then. Um, Chemical peels were, you know, there was a lot more room for error and adverse reactions, if you say, because we had to actually, there was a lot of communication between what the patient was feeling and what I was visually seeing on the skin. And not that we don't pay attention to those things today, but chemical peels have buffers on them now, meaning they're self-neutralizing. So if you, I mean, it's almost impossible to, you know, create a burn or an adverse reaction in a patient today, which is great. There's a lot of uh, safety factors that are in there. Actually, the peels are better today. They get better uh, responses, better results. They're compounded with multiple acids, whereas back then it was, you know, we really chose whether we were going to use a salicylic or we were going to use a glycolic. So now you get these compounds of multiple acids and, and they all have their different benefits to the skin. So they're better. Microdermabrasion was um, really the only device that was in a treatment room back when I first started. And uh, if you didn't have a microdermabrasion, you know, nobody wanted to book with you. I mean, it was the thing because it was, you know, the really the first modality that was launched in our industry. And, you know, just seeing the innovation of where microdermabrasion started and where it is today is, is, when I think about it, I know you experienced a treatment um, called hydrofacial in the office this week, and I know you've experienced Diamond Glow. And they're both similar. One uses a chemical exfoliation, the other uses a mechanical exfoliation. But really, the goal is, is to kind of synergistically exfoliate, extract and infuse. That's what these devices do. But they're wet micros. So back in the day, it was almost like sandblasting the skin. So they use these aluminum dioxide crystals. And so the machine would kind of sandblast it. And then, you know, it, it would kind of, it had vacuum pressure on it. So it would suck the dead skin cells up that you were kind of sandblasting off the skin, but it left the skin scarred, right? Not well, that was more dermabrasion. And that was, that's where microdermabrasion came from was dermabrasion. And that was done generally um, under general sedation. And now lasers kind of took 
in place of that. And then, and then microdermabrasion, you know, was um, something that was launched more for an in-office procedure. So, but yeah, dermabrasion was um, gnarly. <laughs> I, I love learning about this stuff because I think it's so fascinating. And my grandmother owns like a laser nurse clinic for a while and worked at a few of them in the San Diego area. So I, I like love the technical stuff, but let's also talk about how the industry has changed from like an influencer standpoint. Cause I know that this is a, can be a hot button for you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> here comes the internet or, or even the 17 magazines of the world where a lot of those products are, you know, advertorial it's paid for right. placement. So is it really the top cleanser in the U S or dermatologist approved, or is this marketing language? Is this greenwashing? There's a lot in your industry that I've learned just by working with you that can be misleading from a marketing standpoint. So which topic should we dive into first? (laughs) Well, I guess, you know, I think the influencer, let's start with the influencers because I do think they've helped our industry in a lot of ways, but I also think that they can be misleading in a lot of ways. I think that industry is being more exposed these days. So I think patients that are coming in, really have a better understanding that maybe an influencer is sharing a specific product, not because they particularly are using it, but maybe because they're being paid to share that they are so-called using it. So I think the consumers are becoming more and more educated on what the influence, how the influencers are being paid. Whereas five years ago, it, it felt so organic and now because it's such a flooded market, it, um, it, I think that you kind of, there are a lot of influencers out there that, uh, are organic and what they share, but, totally. um, but not all of them are that way. Um, and a lot of them are now developing their own skincare brands and their own products. And you have to be careful with that too. And I think, you know, the biggest takeaway that I try to educate my patients on is when it comes to, When it comes to choosing a practitioner or a practice that you are going to invest in having a service in, don't go by the amount of followers. Really do your research, um, check their credentials. How many hours, you know, of experience do they have in a treatment room? Um, How many patients are they seeing? How many patients have they seen in the past? What are what are their specialties? And I think that's, you know, really when I talk about influencers and the negative context that I have when it comes to influencers is, is really the influencers that are so-called estheticians, but have zero experience in a treatment room. And there's only so much that you can educate your patients on from a textbook standpoint versus like actually having your hands you know, on a patient in a treatment room, you know, for hours and hours and hours, like that experience just cannot be mimicked. It can't be, um, it's, it's just not something that I think it can be duplicated or replicated. Totally. So, um, and then on the flip side too, like I know you and I have both bought things cause we've seen them on oh, influencers. All the time. <laughs> like we both love clothes and hats and yeah. vacations and restaurants and all these things. So like there is such a value to it, but I think the, the concept of an influencer has always existed, right? Like you'd have your friend, if you wanted a really great restaurant to go to, you know that you have that one friend that you'd go ask them for the restaurant right. recommendations. Or you have a really stylish friend where you're like, oh my gosh, I need something to wear to a Christmas party. Can you give me some advice? Like that, that idea of someone being a specialist in like an area that they're right. interested in has kind of existed. But I think too, like you said, like it's kind of grown into this thing where people start talking about subjects that they're not educated on. 
Right. And this happens in, in my DMs too. I get DMs from brands saying, oh, we're we're a vitamin company and we want to send you vitamins and we'll pay you to talk about our vitamins. And I said, what part of my content made you think that I was cre- like credible to speak on vitamins? Like yeah. I have no, like I'm a designer. Like <laughs> if you want to send me some wine, like sure. <laughs> if you want to send me some coffee, like I could talk about coffee, but I'm not going to start slinging vitamins. That just like goes against my values and it goes right. against like the kind of content that I create. And then I think on the flip side for someone like yourself, who like really is a professional with like loads of experience in an industry, it must be really frustrating to see people, like you said, who aren't credible speaking on these things. Right. And it's more, I think, frustrating when I see patients walk through my door and, you know, they're like, I always have beautiful skin and I started using this product and, you know, and now they're just in this downward spiral. And that's what's frustrating to me is, is that people get misled down a path of a specific skincare regimen that they should be following when they're in their 20s. And maybe the person sharing it is sharing an anti-aging. And, you know, yes, we all need anti-aging, but there's different stages of anti-aging, you know, when we're in our 20s to our 30s to our 40s and up. Um, So I think that that's what gets frustrating to me. And like I said, I, I think, and I've shared this with you. I mean, influence the influencer market has, you know, definitely helped. I mean, the beauty industry has had this like incredible boom over the last several years. And I have to say, you know, that it has to have something to do with the influencer world. So I, you know, it's not all negative um, feelings over influencers. I just, I wish there was a way that consumers could navigate through um, this influencer world, you know, the spaceless world of, of the internet that would help them really, I think I just find that people are confused when they come in, you know? Um, well, I think so. it's, I wonder your hot take on this is we've actually never talked about this. Well, we've touched on it before, but kind of the self-care movement right. idea, right? right? Of the commodification of self-care, like right. self-care being the new red carpet ready, right? Like no one cares if you're red carpet ready. Everybody cares if you have like a 15 step self-care routine right? and like how that's now been marketed as like, the bougie thing to buy. I love it. I love indulging in that way, but you can also see how that feels like, oh, if you're not taking perfect care of yourself at all hours of the day, like now you're vulnerable enough to be marketed to for that. Right. That's so interesting. (laughs) Right. And we talk about you and I've talked about before, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And you and I've talked about before the discrepancy in aesthetics between consumer-based skincare and then clinical skincare. They're like on two different planets. They are on two different planets and clinical skincare really what separates them from something that you would, we say, you know, over the counter products is they, they have research. There are clinicals when it, there are claims that it reduces wrinkles or fine lines by, you know, 80% over a 60 day twice a day application, that's because there's been clinical research and there are papers that have been published on this versus, um, you know, this is just an industry that's not regulated versus, you know, going to Nordstrom's and going to the Lemaire counter and, you know, them making these same claims, but really, you know, and paying sometimes like three times the cost of what you would pay for a clinical grade skincare product, which, you know, I think people just get intimidated, like, oh, it's from a doctor's office, it's going to be really expensive. 
but they'll walk into Sephora and not realize that they're paying the same prices, but they're paying for the packaging and the branding and not necessarily the quality of ingredients that are in those formulations. And, um, and again, not every product from Sephora is not a good product. It's just, you know, I'm just trying to break down kind of the difference between something that's over the counter. And this especially is more important for somebody who is struggling with their skin and they continuously walk through those Sephora doors and buy skincare. If you are continuing to do that and you are continuing to struggle with your skin, it's time to step over, you know, to the other right, side right. and work with a professional. Um, I just actually, this is, um, this is a great example. Last night I saw a client that I had not seen for a few months and maybe four or five months. And when I had seen her last, she struggles with just dry skin anyways, but her skin was, has always been really dry and flaky. And I finally convinced her to invest in some skincare. And the last time I saw her, cause I had it all documented. I, I do take notes of you guys when you come into my office, cause I see a lot of faces and, you know, as much as I would remember, remember everything, I, I don't always, but in my notes, I um, had dictated that her skin had shown remarkable improvement and that she had shared with me, you know, how amazing it was. Like she finally felt like her skin wasn't dry and flaky. Well, last night I saw her and her skin was dry and flaky again. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? I, you know what? I swear we had you like, you know, dialed in. Your skin looked amazing the last time that I saw you. And this is why I think working with a professional and going in, even if it's just on a quarterly basis, to have a facial is so important because we were able to break down her regimen. And it came out that she had bought this exfoliator that she thought was a cleanser. And so, you know, I was going through her routine with her and I was like, oh my gosh, you're using this every morning and every night as your cleanser. Like this is an exfoliator. So she was just stripping down her skin barrier. And then she also was not using a, a moisturizer that really for how dry her skin is, she was just using something that was really lightweight and seasonally, it's so important to look at your skincare regimen and, and, you know, make just small little adjustments. You don't have to change everything. But um, if you are somebody who struggles with in particular dry skin, you definitely want to make that shift to maybe a little heavier emollient um, textured moisturizer during those winter months. So there's um, so many parallels, like everything that you just said, there's so many parallels, right? And I just interviewed Balanced by Katie, who does like PT, wellness, yoga, um, and retreats. And we talked about like, when does it come to that cliffhanger of like, okay, now I want to invest in a professional because that's the same reason that my clients come to me, right? Like right. they get to the point where they're like, okay, I've like DIY'd it and I've read blogs and I've tried to figure it out and I've scraped by for this long. And right. now I want to kind of take it to the next level, but I don't even know where to start. I don't know what I should do. I don't know how to go next. I don't know how to like, look at, like you're saying, like using an exfoliator as a cleanser. It's like, I'm thinking of the person that's like trying to pull together their social media graphics and their print designs and they don't know they don't even have their brand design like finished, right? They don't have their color palette or they don't know what audience they're talking to. Hey, we're going to get back to the episode in just a second, but I had to come in and tell you that there is an Instagram training ready for you on my website. It's 30 minutes long. It's a video, but I'll tell you exactly how to optimize your account to get the most reach 
optimize your content so that you're actually reaching your ideal client avatar and create posts that people actually want to engage with. If this is of interest to you, it is linked in the show notes, or you can head over to my website and search kiss my Insta mkwcreative.co kiss my insta is what you're looking for and enjoy the rest of the episode and that really is that area where you start to dip into like okay if i'm going to invest how do i invest in someone that i know is going to be worth it and give me a return on my investment yeah it's like you i mean it's like why your clients come to you you're not getting the results that you want so if you have spent months And, you know, I I like to call it, you know, if you've built the drawer of broken promises, I think I've said that to you before, Um, you know, if you open your drawer up and you have all these products and you haven't ever used them to the the end of, of, you know, the tube or, or the bottle, it's because you weren't getting the results that you wanted and you're just wasting money. And although it may seem like a big investment, it's very like yourself in the end, you get what you pay for. So, um, and if you're trying to DIY it, it's not your specialty. It's not your expertise. It's when you know it's time to shift over to a professional and, and you're going to see, you're going to get results quickly. And hopefully you can, you're choosing and you're doing your research and you're working with somebody who, you know, is really passionate about what they do. And they're going to be there to hold your hand in the beginning, because once you start, once you get in a routine and you, you really are getting educated on what this product does and what step this product should be in, you're going to get the results. And it's going to be a lot easier for you to kind of navigate during like maybe that three or four month period where you don't see your, your professional or your licensed esthetician. So I, you know, people, that's the first question they ask me, you know, they come in, they have this great experience. They're like, okay, okay. How, like, how often should I be seeing you? I'm like, well, I would love for you to see me every month. That's, you know, and in an ideal world, but I, I realized that, these are luxuries. Um, when you are, it's just like going to the gym, you know, 80% is really what you do at home. 20% is what I do. I would love to take all the credit, but really, you know, it's just like working out, you know, it's your diet is 80%, 20% is what you do in the gym. So that's where faces skin gym, really what faces skin gym, the foundation of it was built off of. And I think it's really important for people to understand that if you're going to come in and invest in these procedures, that you have to invest in the time and invest in the skincare and and follow those routines, AM and PM. Um, don't go to sleep with your makeup on. Make sure you're drinking, you know, enough water. Um, you know, we live in Southern California. We can't avoid the sun. We obviously all live here because we love the sunshine, but wear sunscreen. And if you don't know which one to use, I, I can't tell you how many times I hear people say to me, you know, I, I don't wear sunscreen because I, I hate the way it feels. I'm like, oh my gosh, I do not like that excuse anymore. Uh-uh. The formulations are so incredible. There's so many innovations with sunscreens these days that I tell patients, I'm like, I no, there's no way there. We're going to, I'm going to give you 15. The, the Canva excuse. It's yeah. like, I don't know how to pull together something that looks like it's on brand. It's like, well, there there's almost for $9 a month. We can get you access to this graphic design software. That's like so user-friendly and like, right. if you need me to come in and tune it up, I can, but my, that's my goal too, is like, you want to, I think the difference, again, if we're going to talk like brag worthy brands, which yeah. is the whole theme of this whole next year is like getting people <laughs> to brag worthy status. And for me, that represents like 
a brand that goes above and beyond of just providing a service, but also is providing the education, right? So like teaching people this works because this, and this is effective because that, and really showing them the ropes so that they feel that they're in control of what they're, they're paying for truly. And also that they don't have to need you, but they just want to come see you. Right. Yeah. You're empowering them. It's way more fun. Right. That's way better brand. Yeah. You're empowering them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, education is so important to me. I mean, it's, I spend a lot of time. I schedule my facial, every facial is scheduled for 90 minutes and patients are like 90 minutes you know, but it's a big part of that is I, you know, I'm a talker. Mm -hmm. You've been in my treatment room. I like to talk. (laughs) Me too. Um, But, you know, I really want to educate while I'm in there. It's not, I'm not like, I don't want to just like cycle one person after another, you know, in and out of my treatment room. That's not what I'm there to do. I, I am skin obsessed. I love what I do, but I also want to inspire people and empower my patients to have a better understanding of how their skin is responding to various, you know, whether it's um, the climate, you know, maybe it's shifted from, you know, summer to winter or a specific product. It's okay. Not every product is going to be a miracle worker for every patient that walks in. That's why at Faces Plus, we carry seven different product lines. There's a reason for that because, Um, not every product line is going to be ideal for every patient. So yeah, I mean, I love education is so important. And and it's important for me. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time on with continued education. I spend a lot of time doing my own research. Um, It is not good if you're an esthetician that your patients are educating you. So Mm -hmm. you know, that's a good sign that you need to, um, I dedicate, this is something that I really encourage other estheticians in my industry to do is, you know, we spend so much time working in our business, in the treatment room, but you've got to delegate, you know, one day a week to, I think blogs is something that I have been a lot better about this year. And what I've learned is, is that it's a great way to just broaden my, my education and something maybe I felt like I knew so much about, uh, but when you really dive in and dig to, you know, put some content together, you learn something that you didn't learn. So um, from a marketing standpoint, you know, I think blogging is, you can tell me, you know, is it still a thing? Because no, it's totally a thing. And I think you brought up a good point. And and kind of, again, the longer that I'm in business, the more you start to realize like how much your business model shifts from whether you want to be in constant recruitment mode, or if you want to be in retention mode and a big goal that I've talked about with my team is like, Hey, for this next year, let's not worry so much about getting a bunch of new clients. Let's focus on really serving and over serving and over delivering on the clients that we do have. Right. And keeping that relationship management, which is something that you've been able to do over 20 years. I'm sure you still see patients that you've seen for a very long time because it's about, it's not about kind of that assembly line of like, how many facials can I do in a day? It's like, how can I have the best, give this person the best facial they've ever had so that they come back? Right. And I think that's something that I've evolved, you know, in my practice over the years is it's shifted, things have shifted and changed. And I love that we are bringing back, you know, some of 
when I first started aesthetics, like massaging in the treatment room and things like that. But then it got very clinical. It was like, if you were a medical esthetician, you did not do a massage and you didn't dim the lights and you didn't, you know, set the mood and, you know, create this experience. It was very clinical. Uh, So I love that's something that I've worked really hard at this last year is bringing a lot of that back into my treatment room because I do think that it should be, it's a luxury for them to be there. Um, And I want them to walk out feeling better than they felt, not just their skin looking better, but I really want people to walk out feeling better than when they stepped in my treatment room and just really having this incredible experience. So really elevating that experience from, you know, not just me doing my education and offering the latest technology and educating my patients by really like creating this really amazing ambiance, you know, within my, within my treatment room. So. And I think that's the new where branding is headed anyway. And that's exactly why I've been having these conversations with my team. It's like, how can we, instead of just like doing the branding, getting it out, like now I've been helping with your social for like over a year now. And the biggest goal there too, is like, how do we make this an extension of the feeling of being in your treatment room? Because if someone has been there, they want to be like, have that trigger, that memory of like, oh my gosh, yes, I was there. And it was so wonderful. And for someone who hasn't been there, how can we paint the picture of how this is different, right? Like how this is different than your average, you know, med spa down the road. That's just like, you don't have a personal connection with anyone or you, you you may not be educated. So a lot of education content, a lot of, um, aesthetics. I, whenever I think of doing your content, I think of like, what does Kelly look at when she's in Punta Mita <laughs> on vacation that just is like sunshiny and bright and warm and beautiful, but still like refined and luxurious? Like that's the kind of vibe I feel like Faces Skin Gym is. And so it's been so fun to kind of take that idea and like materialize it visually for social. Awesome. Am I on the nose with that one? Yeah, you are. Thank you. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> and we're in Southern California. So, you know, of whether, course. you know, whether it's Punta Mita or the Philippines or Bali mm-hmm. or, um, you know, it's, it's really, I want people, yeah, just to have this like holistic experience in my treatment room where they just walk out, you know, feeling better. That's what you feel like when you go on vacation and, you know, you, you check out for a few days and you're, you know, staring at this gorgeous ocean and you have time to maybe slow down a little bit and mm-hmm. and give yourself time to take a breath, you know, you just feel better. And that's the feeling I want people to feel when they, you know, walk out of my treatment room. It's like, you know, a little mini vacation in my treatment room is what I want them to feel like. You know, Absolutely. yesterday I think I had three people say, you know, one client said, Do you have somebody after me? And then the next one, you know, is uh, you know, and that just makes me so happy because right. I, I smile, you know, inside. I'm like, oh, I did it. That's exactly what I wanted to accomplish. Right. But, you know, they just want to stay forever. They just want to stay forever. They want to kick the next client behind them out. They're like, I'm taking two appointments. Um, and I love that. You know, I love that that people walk out of my treatment room feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to go back into the world. I just want to stay <laughs> in this in this room um, forever. So yeah, I mean, that's really what my goal is, is to educate, deliver beautiful glowing skin, obviously. Um, and, you know, just really create this amazing ambiance and experience in my treatment room. Well, I think you're crushing it at that, of course. Um, the fun question I've been asking everyone on the podcast this season is, if money were no object and you had unlimited funds to throw into Faces Skin Gym, where would you want to take it? 
Oh, I like this question because I have these dreams all the time. I mean, I think that it would just be really elevating the, you know, I just don't see myself ever (laughs) separating from Dr. Cullen. I just, that relationship, you know, it's not about financial, you know, finances and and profits when it comes to that relationship. For me, it's, um, you know, I just, I I don't imagine myself like not working with him, but I, I would love to invest in maybe uh, another suite next door and really kind of bringing to life this amazing because I have it in like a small little, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> small little treatment room, but really like creating like a whole experience where it's maybe connected to faces plus uh, where you walk through doors and you walk. I can totally this. see this. It's <laughs> almost like a speakeasy spa. Totally. Like I want it to be like where you hit on the door and you come in and it's like really like in Bali, like yes. all those amazing spas in Bali where like the lights are really low and there's water features yes. and there's good Ugh. music and you could just walk in and it was like, as if you were transported anywhere in the world. Right. And the faces skin gym part of it was like part spa and like jacuzzi and cool tank yes. and then like cool loungers and great music. And I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Can you imagine if you had all the money in the world? <laughs> You stay way. at that location yeah. because you're kind of in more of a clinical yeah, and area. I, and I don't want, you know, I think, especially, you know, for how many years I've been in the industry to walk away from the medical side of it. I love the holistic, you know, approach to the skin that is, I think, coming back into our treatment rooms. But I do really feel that, you know, working alongside a doctor and I can only do so much. That's the other thing. You know, once people hit a certain age, you know, I'm like, I can't help you anymore. I I can continue to help preserve, you know, the surface of your skin, but um, I need you to see, you know, one of my PAs or I need you to set up a consultation with Dr. Cohen. And I love that. I love the synergy in our office. I love being able to have this comprehensive approach to someone's aging process. And totally. um, I, I just couldn't imagine not being a part of a, a team like that. So. Yeah, I feel like both have to exist. And hilariously, we just had this conversation with Balanced by Katie about I asked her, I said, how do you blend the more clinical side of physical therapy with the more woo-woo side of like Reiki and meditation and mindfulness? And and she says that she gets clients because they come to her first and foremost for physical therapy, right? They have pain in their shoulder and they're like, I need to fix this pain in my shoulder. And then they start to heal it. And she starts to introduce them to these like different modalities, like you were saying. Um, and she's she called it complementary medicine. So like the complementary medicine of the more westernized or traditional practice is to then also think about like, let's do these stretches. And you didn't even know you were doing yoga, but now you're doing yoga, you know, and let's get you into mindfulness so that you're not hunching your shoulders during the day and continuing to put stress on it. So it's really interesting because I think almost all industries are headed that direction. And you said, you said it yourself, like you see it in skincare already, right? right? Yeah. And I think, you know, I just was having a conversation. We have a dermatologist visiting Dr. Cohen from Thailand, and we were discussing just even with surgery from a surgical uh, patient standpoint, you know, when they come in a lot of times, you know, when somebody comes in for a consultation for a surgery, it's because there's something from a self-esteem standpoint, or they're just not feeling confident 
the aging process is catching up with them and they're in an industry where they feel like they have to stay young and youthful, or maybe they're just somebody that, you know, is wants to take care of themselves. And this is what they feel like their next step is to continue to manage that aging process. But um, something, you know, mentally is shifting in our brain when that happens. And so then they make this commitment to have surgery, but then you have this anxiety of, why am I doing this? Is something wrong with me? Why do I think I need to change myself? I should just accept myself. And so you start to kind of spiral and then they have surgery and they come in and they're emotional. And and so that's where Dr. Cohen has been so supportive in really integrating us estheticians into his surgical post-op kind of um, routine with his patients is we're doing lymphatic massage, we're doing hyperbaric massage on the patients. And he, who knows, you know, we don't know, is this um, a psychological change and shift that us girls are able to, you know, help these patients through their, their post-operative time period, or is it really helping them, you know? Yeah. Is it how much of it is placebo effect and how much of it is like, actually, it's so such an interesting thing to think about. Right. And it's not talked about, you know, it's you just see surgery and before and afters, but nobody's talking about the psychological impacts that patients have when they go through these procedures or when they commit to doing a procedure. You know, there's a lot of anxiety that people have. And I love when they're my patients and I have an opportunity to see them for a facial, you know, a few weeks before their surgery. And, you know, I'll get a text or an email. And it's like, I'm so glad I got to see you. I feel so much better. Um, You know, and I'm like, I'm going to be here through your whole postoperative experience. Don't worry. And just giving them that reassurance, because it's one thing when the doctor says you're healing fine, everything looks great. And you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I don't look great. And is this, you know, is this normal? But to be able to, you know, walk into somebody's room like myself, where they have this personal relationship with and this trust that I can reassure them like, yes, I have seen hundreds of patients walk through here that Mm -hmm. have had this procedure. You look fantastic. Just please focus on reducing your stress and not worrying. It's, you know, you just went through. It's so funny how similar our jobs are when they're really (laughs) not similar on the surface because the same thing happens. I have clients sometimes that feel really intimidated about giving me feedback yeah, because they're afraid of like hurting my feelings or like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really feel the logo. And it's like, at the end of the day, this is your company, girl. Yeah. Like, I, like this is part of the process. This is why, and I've gotten better at it over the years. When I first started, I took like feedback really personally. And I was like, oh my gosh, they don't like what I made. But then I took me out of it. And it's just more about everyone's in the business of helping people. And if you can see people for what their anxieties and their stressors are and help to like quell those by saying like, no, we've done this before. Here's how we approached it. We solved the problem because at the end of the day, I want you to be proud of the logo because you're going to be wearing it on your hoodies and on your, right. you know, your hats and on your website and in your social. So like, it, it's what you want. Like, take me, I'm just the vehicle here. Right. And I think you must see yourself similarly for, for helping people with their confidence or c- overcoming their anxieties. Like I'm not the cure, but I'm like helping you yes. get towards your own realization of feeling good about it. Yeah. And you know, I love that process of it. I love, I don't know. I mean, I think it's something I've always enjoyed, you know, about what I do is, is making people feel good. You know, estheticians, it's a really, rewarding job. We, we get, we're kind of like little, we're like therapists in the treatment room, Mm -hmm. but we also get 
to, you know, make people feel more confident and we get to make them feel beautiful. And that's really the best part of our job is what we get to give back. Um, You, I think, you know, when I think of what your, our gift is as estheticians is, you know, we really are healers. We have these hands, you know, we're physically touching people. It's like a massage therapist. We're physically giving energy, you know, to our patients, uh, whether it's through a facial or it's through a virtual consultation, you know, there's lots of ways that we've had to navigate how to get these personal touches through these virtual lenses over the, the last year and a half, because, you know, we were shut down for several months here, especially here in California. And so, you know, how do you replicate those, those, that physical touch through like a digital lens experience? And so I think that definitely put us on our toes, those of us in the industry that didn't want to be knocked down completely. I was like, there's no way I'm not just going to like turn my computer off and turn everything off and, and wait for, you know, the government to tell me I can go back into my office. You know, that was just not an option. It's not the way my, my brain works. So I was like, okay, how do I create, you know, an experience? And people were looking for that. People were at home and they, even though they couldn't come into the office, they we're like, what can I do at home? I've never had this time commitment to be able to focus on myself. And so as much as I'm glad I didn't give up because I think that there were a lot of people that needed practitioners out there to help kind of guide them and, and really inspire them to take 10 minutes, you know, every morning to do a skincare regimen. And, and I think it made people feel a lot better during those times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Oh, so much good stuff. Where can everyone find you, follow you? What kind of, um, you've got some new offerings and some new staff joining your team, which is exciting. So give us kind of a rundown of that and and we'll wrap this episode up. All right. So, well, let's talk about some new offerings. I know I mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, um, as we just brought in hydrofacial, which is really exciting. Um, and coming from a branding standpoint, I would say hydrofacial is out of all the modalities that are in an esthetician's treatment room, they do a phenomenal job at branding and marketing. They have really created an incredible following. It's one of the few treatments that patients come in for asking for. By name. Yeah, Mm -hmm. by name. You know, um, Diamond Glow is is definitely one of my favorite treatments. They're in the Allergan portfolio, but it's owned by a big pharmaceutical company and it's in a big portfolio. So they just don't really invest in the marketing that for that specific treatment like hydrofacial does. So we're super excited. And we brought on a new team member, Daniela, who um, uh, I just, she is I, I just like, I'm so excited to have her. Um, <laughs> I, I only have so many hours in the day I can see patients. And I just really wanted to bring somebody on that felt the same about creating an amazing experience in the treatment room. And Daniela has it. She comes with 12 years experience. So she is going to be an amazing addition to our team. And um, so for now, we're offering 10% off of the three different hydrofacial services. And the and I think we'll probably run that for the first quarter. Um, I want to get Daniela busy. And then um, another thing that I have not really focused on, but it is my goal in January 
is really to focus on quarterly memberships. So we offer monthly memberships. Currently, I have clients that have been on them for 17 plus years. But I do find that with the the younger generation that coming in once a month is not necessarily something that they can do, but they want to be on something consistent. They want to be on a good, consistent regimen. So I'm going to be really focusing on those quarterly memberships. They're going to get the same discount as those that come in monthly. It includes their brow service. And I do think that this is going to be a great opportunity for somebody in their 20s and 30s and even early 40s that really just wants to be on a set regimen and know, you know, I tell people when you really break that down, that's only four times a year. Um, it's definitely doable. And I love to see those patients that are in. And the nice thing is, is I'm going to offer to where they can break this up into uh, three small auto debits. So they have the option to just do like one quarterly or or break it up into three small payments over a three-month period. So hopefully that will make it a little bit easier. But um, you all can find me at www.facesskingym.com or on Instagram at faces underscore skin gym and, um, and on TikTok. And, oh yeah. Now we're on TikTok. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. And on TikTok. And, on TikTok. and it's faces skin gym or is it faces underscore skin gym? Faces underscore skin gym. Same as Instagram. Yep. Yep. Perfect. And we'll make sure we get those promos and stuff linked in the show notes. So if you're listening to today's episode, you can go find it in the show notes or go on to Faces Skin Gym because there's a highlight for all of the specials that are going on. Definitely recommend you take advantage of that. Thanks, Kelly. Yes. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. 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 Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.